thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, my champion mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. Lawrence Tam, it is so good to hear your voice live on the air. If our listeners are anything like me, I have seriously missed you, man, and uh, we've had two of our most recent podcasts be pre-recorded podcasts, one from the Wellness Summit, uh, your presentation there, one from my Exceptional Life Blueprint. So this is the first time in six weeks that our listeners get to hear a genuine live on the air podcast. So I am absolutely thrilled that you are back in the country. Well, you know, we I guess it's not a really an apology. It's just more that, you know what, you know, uh, I'm glad that we actually had some recordings that were that were there so that people can listen to. I, I'm sure you got some great value from Marcus last week, or uh, last episode. Uh, you know, his his um, his audio was just, I, I listened to that actually while I was away, and it was just amazing stuff that you shared there, Marcus. So oh, really thanks, great okay. to hear. Um, and, you know, and it's it's I love doing podcasts, and, and uh, even though we do it every two weeks, um, you know, this is a passion of ours. This is something that I know that a lot of listeners are getting out of it. But you know, when we're away, it just it just becomes difficult to really find the time, trust the internet, and uh, yeah. the internet where we're at um, to really create the podcast. And uh, so, you know, here we are. We're back in the country. Um, I'm here for a couple of days in the country, and then I'm off again. But uh, you know, you know, that's just the the way life goes, right? So. Um, You've been a busy boy, I tell you, and, and you you were away, and it was it was part business, part holiday, but you had a lot going on whilst you were away. Now I could I could share lots of it, but you were obviously living it. Do you want to share with the loyal inside the champion mind as what was occurring uh, back here whilst you were in Europe? Yeah, so I was away with my family for about four. Four weeks or so, I think it was around four weeks, four and a half weeks maybe, um, in Europe. Uh, I was invited to speak uh, at in um, in the UK, and I was also speaking in Amsterdam. And uh, while I was there, I figured I was going to take my family. There's no way I'm going to travel that far uh, and be away for that long uh, without my family. So um, we decided to uh, add this into our calendar uh, a few months back, and uh, we we slotted in there. We just had perfectly four weeks where I actually wasn't traveling anywhere. <laughs> and so we might as well add it in. So we did. Um, but, uh, you know, on the back of my mind, Marcus, it's, uh, it's been a, uh, um, uh, I guess Karen and I were, my wife, and we had a discussion about possibly, you know, changing. Um, you know, I got, you know, I live in Perth, Australia, and uh, I love Perth. I love it's, uh, I love the people. I love, I love the, the weather is sensational. Um, but there was some proximity to Bali. Yeah. Proximity to Bali, uh, (laughs) which I'm heading there in a couple of days. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the key things was, is that I, people have been asking me a lot, you know, um, but to give you some context, um, I've just recently decided, I don't know where to start. So basically what happened over the four months, over the four weeks that I was away, uh, we decided that we were going to move. Um, and, uh, we decided that, uh, you know, and basically we sold our house and we bought a house. Now there's a deeper story into that, but uh, we'll get that into details. But basically we, um, we sold our house and we bought a house, um, in the same four weeks while we were away in Europe. Okay. So, which means, yes, we bought a house sight unseen, um, and, uh, had to do a lot of trusting, uh, in that, in those four weeks. And there was a lot of doing and throwing. And so there's a lot of learn uh, lessons there learned from that. 
and uh, you know, including from the time of uh, you know why we're deciding the move, and also um, what has to have happened uh, while we're away to make all this happen. So you know, there's lots of things to dive into, but I'll leave it in your good hands to ask the questions, and I'll I'll try to answer. Okay, so so when you were overseas, was it when you were overseas that you decided that you were going to put your house on the market, or what came first? You decide. Well, I'm guessing that coming first was you guys deciding that you were going to move and move to New South Wales. Yeah, so you know the the, the situation was was that um, I asked myself, you know, a lot of people asking like, why why are you moving? You know, like you love Perth. You know, I've been here for twelve years. Why are you moving? And oh, I do love Perth. I love the weather. And um, but there was this one part of me that said that asked the question. You know, if I was to live here, um, if I was to stay be in the same position, um, you know, going to this, you know for my kids to go to the same school, and for me to be here in Perth five years from now or 10 years from now, um, that thought actually scared me. Did it inspire you? No, it scared me. It scared me that I was going to be in the same place and uh, doing the same thing. Not doing the same thing, but obviously I wouldn't be doing the same thing, but just being here and being in this location. And that actually scared me. And I knew right away that I needed to move. I needed change. I needed some sort of stimulation. I needed some sort of growth uh, for me, for my family. Um, and I, I, we went to the approach I, 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 to, to my wife. I said, you know, I think this is what's happening. And I think we should consider a change. And so my kids are young enough that allows that to, for that to happen, I think, because, you know, they're three and six. So, you know, really, one's going to year one. The other one is, hasn't even started school yet. So we thought, you know, I'm sure similar to you, Marcus. I mean, you just moved to Byron Bay recently this year. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that's a big transition. So that's that's one of the triggers. People say, is it for business? Well, sort of, maybe. Um, I work from home, so I can kind of work anywhere. <laughs> um, you know, is it for the wellness guys? Well, not really, because no one lives in Sydney. Um, I, I, you know, no one lives in, uh, yeah, everybody else is everywhere else. Um, so it's more really just for a lifestyle change for us and for us to change and for also to stimulate us. Um, I wanted to hang out with, with people that I was really... Uh, passionate about to to kind of learn from um there's a lot of people that i'm friends with in that area that i'm moving to um and that's sort of the one that the 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 catalyst really for me to decide to move and so So peer group peer group was a big was a big factor in this yeah yeah peer group for sure like there is definitely a handful of people that i i connect with really well and i know that i can gain a lot from just by being in the presence and being exposed to them on a much regular basis. Um, yep. Most of my friends are outside of WA, like including you, Marcus. Like, I mean, most yep. of my friends are, I catch up on Skype or on phone and, you know, and time zone differences and I can't be there. You know, you gain so much by being involved in the peer group. And, you know, it's funny. We've mentioned this many times, right? I said, you know, the closest five friends um, that you hang around with will inspire you and, and dictate the, you know, the level of income you have, that dictate the level of personality you have, um, your relationships and everything yeah. else. And so, you know, I'm taking my own advice by saying, you know what, I need to be involved in a situ- situation where I'm hanging out with people that inspire me and also will push me to the next level. And I yeah. heard something really, really fantastic when I was away. And I'm going to share this with you because I think it's, it highlights this point. Um, I can't remember who I learned it from. But it's, uh, so I can't give credit to where it's due. Um, I believe, I, I don't know what book or what podcast I listened to, but he says basically it's the, the rule of 33. I think it was Ty Lopez. Rule of 33. And um, rule of 33 says this. He said you should hang around with 33% of the people um, that are people that you can help and be mentors to. Okay, so that yeah. you can feel like you're giving back to the community and giving back to the world. 
And so, so you're in that position. The other second 33% is people that are just like you, people who know and understand your situation so that you can actually voice out your, your you know, frustrations and, and problems and they would understand where you're coming from, right? Because people, if you're mentoring them, they won't understand, right? Because you're, so, you know, you're the one who has all the answers to them, right? Yeah. But the other second 33% is the people that, you know, are like you, your peer groups, the people that are sort of similar situations and they can understand you. The, the last 33% uh, of the group should be people that are 20% above you you know, mm. in anything, in relationships, you know, finances or whatever, so that you can learn to grow, learn from them so you can grow. I think that's, oh, that's one of the most brilliant um, uh, insights that I got from away from when I was away. And, um, I, you know, I think it's worthwhile to consider that. So that's one of the reasons. So, and to answer your question, yes, we, we decided that we would consider selling the house um, while we're away because then we don't have to worry about cleaning the house, worrying about open houses uh, and all that stuff. So that it would, my wife's just got to clean it up once and then we leave it locked up there. We actually rented a hotel the night before the day, the night of um, the night before we flew out. So we didn't have to mess anything up. So it was locked up clean. So the real estate agent can show people. All right. So now this is where, this is where this story fast tracks, right? Because when, when you're working on purpose and you're almost, uh, Living in that beautifully cosmically aligned world, things can happen very, very quickly, right? So you go overseas, you make the decision, you you've contacted the real estate agents, and all of a sudden, from what I know, it was in a matter of what three to six days, you had bought a house and sold your house. Is that correct? Yeah. So this it is a crazy story. So basically, we put on the house on the market. I think um, the day so the day we left was the first day was actually available so we contacted the agent probably two weeks uh, three weeks in advance so we get some pictures pictures and photos then we still weren't sure whether we were going to sell it we finally last week one week before we left we said yeah okay we decided we'll open up we'll see what the market will will bear we flew to so we were in um, Barcelona, but we were on a cruise so we went to Barcelona for three to three days and we were on a cruise and I didn't have any connection or Wi-Fi I wanted to kind of like pull away from the world for a little bit and disconnect. And so I did. And so for about 48 hours there, you know, for most people, that might not be a lot, but for me, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, a big thing uh, for me to pull away from the world, um, especially when I run most things online, uh, my whole business. So um, pulling away for, for online. And I happened to be in Villafranc, which is Nice, um, the port. And I, and you know, this is how crazy it is. The, the, that day, the night bef- that night before, I talked to my wife and I said, you know what? I was getting a bit of cold feet. I was thinking maybe we shouldn't sell the house. Maybe we should just stay in Perth for another year and just see how things go. So the decision was was that if we didn't uh-huh. get an offer, uh-huh. right, yeah. um, that we was we'll pull the, the the house off the market. Yeah. And so I went to shore and checked my emails, and lo and behold, we had an offer. So now I wow. put the spanners in the works. So now my wife wasn't with me because I was on on the port and she was with the kids back on the ship. So I had to check the emails and I. And I <laughs> cruise back you onto had the a ship. Moment by yourself, and yeah. you're like, "Holy moly!" Yeah, I got a, went back on the ship, and then I get a call from the real estate agent saying that, "Did you check your emails?" I'm like, "I just did. You got an offer. It's the best offer. This is six days, so six days into it. So we got an offer in France, and then we said, let us give us 24 hours to think about it because the time zone difference are crazy, right? Yeah, <clears throat> you're really only morning and night time in Europe that I can actually speak to anybody, and so we said, give us 24 hours." And then we discussed it. We said, this is the best offer we can. This is like a great offer. <laughs> this is actually a sensational offer. We thought, you know what? Let's do it. So when the next port we landed was Rome. So we got an offer in Rome, in France. We accepted <laughs> the offer in Rome. right? And literally, we've been looking at houses, you know, in the area that we were thinking about buying in New South Wales. 
Um, and, you know, within, uh, so we've been looking for about two months and we haven't found a house that we liked. And all of a sudden, the day we accepted the offer, right, of our house, the house that we want to buy, that was just like perfect for our situation, came on the market. Wow. Okay. So that was in, in Rome. We were debating in Halloween Hall, and then it was actually supposed to be an auction, blah, blah, blah. We made an offer while we were in Amsterdam. <laughs> so the cruise is over. <laughs> We've been talking, who, humming and hawing, froing, getting friends, to, getting a couple of friends, uh, really great friends, Taki and Adrian, to go and look at the, the property for us. And I look at a couple of property and they looked at it for us and, you know, made an offer in Amsterdam. And, you know, long story short, we don't need to go into details, but basically finally was accepted by the time we got to London. Um, and the deal finally happened at the end of our trip, which happened to Dubai. So that's the story. Like, oh, spanning five over cities, like five cities. Five steps. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And I'm, th- I'm tipping about 5,000 beats per minute was your heart rate when a lot of this was going down. I want to know about the uncertainty, and this is where the crux or the meat in the sandwich of this episode is, the uncertainty of dealing with such um, big decisions in the scheme of life. I mean, moving from the west coast to the east coast of a country, moving um, your whole family, um, two young children, buying a house unseen, having big discussions with your wife, trying to have a holiday at the same time, got some business commitments as well. How did you and how did your family deal with the uncertainty of all of this? Well, there's a couple of things. Was, well, a couple of interesting things. Um, this felt right for us. You know, it felt, yeah, there's certain, there's different, there's definitely there's parts of uncertainty um, during the whole process. Um, a little bit of stress. But when I say a little bit of stress, then the reason why I was a little bit of stress, if for some reason, we were pretty calm like surprisingly calm i'm actually it was scary calm like you know what i mean um you, you kind of wonder like why am i not stressed more stressed than i actually am um yeah. you know i think there was two parts you know one um being that we weren't able to talk to most people uh, we only had about maybe a two-hour window um to talk to anybody um, and the reason why is because of the time zone difference uh in to new south wales it was really first thing in the morning when i got up, uh, up uh, in europe was the end of the day uh, for New South Wales, and at the end of the day, which is really late, like I'll say eleven o'clock at night time, um, you know, till about midnight was the um, was the time when they first started getting up to work. And so, really, there was a very very short period of time, other than messaging Facebook messages uh, back and forth to my friends, um, the people who actually worked the real estate agent stuff. There was only about you know a few hours of of the day, and so which means that during the day when we're traveling around, we're looking around, and just spending time with family, there was really nothing we could do. You know, and we couldn't move things faster. It would a lot of things had to be done by the banks and all that stuff. And and really, you know, we we approached it as this: one, we couldn't change anything. Like we couldn't do anything while while we're enjoying our while we're, we're, we're in the city. We might as well just enjoy the present. So this is where you sort of have to remove yourself away from the future and the past and just enjoy the present, right? You know, I say the power of now. You know, focus on the experience of what at the moment. I think it's important to recognize that. Um, and I think we handled that really well. Sure, was it stressful waiting for people? Yeah, of course. But at the end of the day, we couldn't change the outcome. And so knowing what you can change and being in the moment was probably one of the key things that I learned from it, that when you can't change anything, when you can't actually influence any factor or decision um, at that moment, it's best not to just worry about it and just focus on what's what you can change, which is your attitude and the and, and being in, in beautiful cities like Barcelona and France and Rome and 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 uh and and london and just enjoy the process and and hope you know just with you know you just gotta let it be 
and whatever comes comes um i think that was a really big learning lesson for us and that, that really helped us uh, sort of be in the process were we stressed like you know at night time and morning yeah of course was there a lot of decision making a lot of questions asked yeah and uh but you know really comes down to big decisions and just trusting the process um yeah so that that was i i don't know hope that answered that question yeah, yeah. So, so there's two things. There's three, but two that I want to mention. And the third one's a question for people listening. You know what I'm what I'm summarising out of this is that when we face challenging or not unchallenging, when we face times of uncertainty, your gut instinct is oh so important. You said that it just felt right, and the fact that it felt right almost gave you permission to be calm. Mm-hmm. And you also recognize the power, the importance of giving up control of because clearly you didn't have much control over events that were happening in a in a whole different time zone um, in an, in another hemisphere. The other so the third question or point that I have on this is that that the power of being so far away. Do you think if you were in Perth, living day to day domestic lifestyle that you, you live when you when you're at home, do you think you would have been more stressed had you been in Perth, having to deal with it all, I think so. Um, I think by being in Perth, I would have, you know, had to organize flights to get over there. Would have had to check out the property, then had to make decisions, and then had to fly the whole family because really, Karen uh, would have to go and take a look at it as well. And then, which means got to fly the kids over, and you know, we had those thoughts. And the problem was with this house was that it was under auction. Um, it was it should have been under auction, I think, actually two days ago. And so, which means that you know, it would have just been on the same the weekend after we got back from our trip. And so we didn't want that to happen. We didn't want to lose this house because it was just the perfect house for us. And to be honest with you, um, my wife still hasn't seen the house, right? So we might have to do another podcast after that. <laughs> but she hasn't seen the house. I went to see the house after we got back because I had to be, you know, I had to, I had to go there for a seminar anyways. And so I happened to be in Sydney and it was perfect. And I got to see the house. And, you know, a lot of things, as, yeah, I think by being here, because when you're living in the day-to-day moment, you know, you, you, you're sort of in that. The, the stress situation because you then you start worrying about all these things and you that you can do but when we there was limitations right there was limitation of us actually physically being in the country or even on the same time zone there was only some things that we were limited to do so which means we're forced to to adapt and i think this is a key word it's an adaptation so we adapted we adapted by you leveraging other things so we got one of our friends and what he did was he visited two houses that we were interested in, and one of the houses, and I, we just got him to go. We gave him some criteria of what we look for, which is always hard because not everybody can understand what those criteria are. But he went and did a video, you know, because we know taking it, looking at pictures, that could be, you know, that could be a nightmare because you know, anybody, yeah, yeah, very deceiving, you know, those professional photos. So he went there and videotaped it, and he sent the video across, and we watched the video. I mean, this is the power of technology, right? It's almost oh, like being it. I there. Just love it. And you know, and people might think we're kind of crazy, like buying, you know, a, a house outside unseen. Yeah, maybe, but also too is it's just that, you know, once the offer was accepted and everything was done, when you know, my wife even says now, it's like, you know, what if we don't like this? I go, well, it's kind of done. Like, there's nothing we can yeah. do about it, even if we don't like it. And but sometimes we let. If we were there looking at it, oftentimes we look at it, oh, I don't like this tap. Oh, I don't yes. like this. And then that could stop the deal just because you don't like something that is yeah. so, so so insignificantly small and it's not totally perfect. Well, I know, uh, I know for a fact that I'm not going to like 100% of this house. Like there's no way that I'm, I'm going to enjoy everything. I know, I know that my wife, there'll be fine. She'll find something that she won't, she won't like. And I can already identify some, them for her already just yeah. knowing her. 
But the thing is, is that's with anything. Totally. You know, there's nothing in this world that is 100%. And it's always got to, you got to recognize that this is not about being perfect. This is about being, is it the right decision or right move or the right product or the service for me? Because you always can find pros and cons. The The goal is, is to kind of identify what does it mean to you if you did do this? So I wrote, like one of the lists that we wrote, and I actually literally sat down one day because it was such a big decision. Like decision because it was all up, sort of not up to me, but it was because I had to kind of make up. Like, what is it, um, what is it, what's the impact on the family? Because I had to make a choice, right? And mm. so I literally sat down, instead of like a, um, uh, uh, sort of, instead of like a pros and cons list, I kind of created a list. And the list was, you know, what's the benefit or the importance for me to move? Okay. And I just ran and listed all those out, right? And I said, you know, what, what does it mean by, what if I stayed in Perth? What would that mean to me then? Okay, like what? Why would I want to? What's the benefit and importance of staying in Perth? So it's kind of like a pros, pros and cons list, right? But it's pro, pro, right? But I said also too, um, why would you know? What's the pros for us to actually leave? You know, like obviously we, we talked about that. So we want to leave and also yeah. to say. But then I also ask myself, what is the what's the criteria? What's the success criteria that I would need to have for this to be the best move possible? Right, and then I listed those out. You know, for example, it might be like. Um, I wanted a certain type of house or it creates opportunities with regular meetups of, you know, ideal, um, ID, uh, you know, people for ideal generations for my business or for the peer group, um, you know, getting con- more connections with uh, some of my clients, you know, whatever it might be. And I listed all those out. And from there, it was clearly after those listing those criteria, it was clear the decision needs to be that I need to move, you know, and so and that's sort of where we went. And yeah, you're able to make a an emotional, um, clear decision rather than an emotional, unclear, just almost uh, knee jerk decision. So you're able to do it with a with a degree of clarity. Yeah, definitely. You never want to have emotional. You never want to make decisions based on emotions always, because you know we all do anyways to to some extent. But I think we need to add in the some sort of component of logistical stuff. But also, you need to make emotional decisions. You got to come from your gut. Like there's got to be course. some gut feeling. I mean, there's a lot of gut feelings involved with, you know, trusting the builder because he was an owner builder and you trust that that type of personality. There was a lot of factors in there. Also trusting the real estate agent as well. Um, you know, there was a likability of the real estate agent and um, you can just tell he wasn't a fake type of personality. You know, all those factors played into this. Um, and it, it was, you know, it was, it's, it's really funny how all the synchronicity has actually worked in our, you know, not working in favor, just for this particular flow, the way it has has done there's so much more little things i haven't even mentioned but um you know it's the it's the right thing for us now my my other question was around the trust of your friends in order to make this happen take us through that did they feel pressure um did you you know what kind of discussions did you have to have with them because these are the things these are the times when your true friends you really want to be your true friends like you want them to say LT, this is not the house for you, or LT, this is a great house and um, it's overpriced, it's underpriced, or, or whatever it is. Uh, it's in a bad street, or whatever. Like, how did how did you broach it with your friends? How did they deal with it? Do you want to take us through that? Yeah. So you got first of all, you got to choose friends that are actually the the right person for the job, right? So let's be clear on that, right? This is for anything, and so you don't want to choose a friend that has you know has never bought a property, for example. 
you know, because yeah. they don't know and understand, you know, the property market or the valuation of a market or what to look for in a property. You want to choose someone who actually has some real estate uh, background. So I chose, you know, my friend Adrian, whose wife, who happens to used to be a real estate agent, right? And so no. that's a smart call, right? But also too, um, you know, I hired talk, I, I not hired, <laughs> I outsourced um, <laughs> my friend Taki and Adrian because you know they have similar taste to me, right? And you can just tell by the style of their house or the style of you know what they buy or whatever they have similar tastes. There's no point in in asking someone who doesn't have the same taste as you in in this in this particular instance as, as a house yeah. and, and taste. So you, they got to have the same sort of filters. Right, so when when you ever get a friend to evaluate something for you, make sure that a friend has the same filter as you, right? If you're looking at you know whether I should do this particular course or not, you know, by asking a friend who's actually into that type of course, just say it was a personal development course, then asking someone who's actually enjoys personal development, then that's probably a better friend to ask than someone who who never has ever bought a personal development course ever, right? Spot it just on. makes sense. So make sure you choose the, uh, um, wisely with the, the people that you ask because I could have asked a lot of people but it just chose those two people because not just because they were close friends to me but because of the factors I just mentioned and the trust factor then becomes a lot easier to make that choice um, by by having those type of people there I can't remember and, what the original question was so. well, how, did, how did they deal with it how did they deal with you oh, how did they deal with it um, because that, you, that'll make sense but then you can still have people go oh like that's that's a lot of pressure yeah. Lawrence and I appreciate it but you know like I don't want to be partly responsible for this decision massively so I think you know for both of them um you know, this pro- the, the, the pressure wasn't really on them from me because they know me, right? So they know that I'm, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you screwed up and Lawrence will forgive you, right? <laughs> but it's more the pressure of my wife. It's only like, a house it's, and a relocation. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the pressure from my wife uh, that they probably yeah. feel like the pressure from because, you know, they don't, you know, they know them, but they know her, but not as much as well as I do, obviously, right? You know, yes. for example, if, if I made a mistake, Marcus, I'm sure you'll, you know, readily forgive me, um, yes. you know, and uh, but if you know if it's if it's your wife Sarah who's met me only a couple of times you know I don't know if she would be you know as forgiving um, as it is to you because we have a relationship in a sense of of, of our friendship so that's the sort of situation so you know um, I thought it was, this was great. You know, Taki was, was fantastic because he list, he asked Karen specifically. You know, what are you looking for? And she listed it out. And you know, I didn't know this. I just thought he was just you know okay yeah great great great. But he actually wrote it all down. Yeah, and and when he went there, he actually when he responded, he actually answered those questions specifically. You know, That's so he took awesome. it seriously. And so you know, um, and anybody who knows Taki's kind of like a fun fun kind of casual kind of guy. You wouldn't expect that. Not that he doesn't take things seriously, but it wouldn't have expected him to go into that much detail because he's not a detail oriented person. And but yet, you know, he actually went because he knew that he had a, a job to fulfill. fulfill. Um, you know, where some people are just casual about these type of things because they really, at the end of the day, they have no emotion to it. I think that sometimes it's easier. When they have yeah. no emotional tie to it, it's a lot easier. When we have emotional tie to it, it's harder because we you gotta you gotta work on their emotion. You know, Adrian also you know, mentioned many times because it's a lot easier spending out someone else's money. Yeah. Right? <laughs> than, and than it is, own. no, it was spot on. Spot on. It it absolutely is. Yeah. So um I you know, that's I I know that, you know, did they feel pressure? Maybe. I'm sure there was a little bit of pressure, but I don't think it was too much pressure. So so to summarize, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, LT. To summarize, you you took the plunge because it felt right. 
Um, you got comfortable with the fact that you had to give up control on a number of things. Um, parts of it were easier um, because you were away, because you were so far away. Some of it was harder in terms of time constraints and the rest. Um, and you and you dealt with people that you trusted and that had experience in buying houses or that they, they knew your tastes and the rest. So that's real. I just think it's so valuable to hear really in detail you going through a massive um, chapter in life and how you dealt with it, how the family dealt with it, how your peer group uh, was involved in the rest. And, uh, yeah, truly thank you for being able to share it with us. It's been, um, it's been wonderful to hear. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the story is just the story, right? So, guys, don't take the story and go, like, I don't know, what did I learn from this? Well, I think there's, a, you know, what you mentioned, there's so many things you could have learned from it. And that's the whole point. The story is just the background, but you want to get the juice out of it. The juice is what, what Marcus has already said. But I think a couple of key highlights for me is, one, when something doesn't feel right, then, you know, maybe it's time for a change, right? Um, number two is you just got to trust in the process. You know, trust in the process that something, you're going to have to put some trust. Obviously, you got to do the homework. You got to do the work behind the scenes to make sure that it is the right thing, not just go with pure gut. There's got to be mm. balance of logic and, and also emotions and also the, the trust in, inside of you and the gut feeling. There's intuitiveness beside it because intuition only works so well, right? You got to make sure that it's valid. It's not just, you know, you making it up, okay? Just don't follow your gut just for the sake of following your gut. I think there's got to be some yeah, validity yeah, yeah, of there. Course. Um, and, and, and I think there's also too is that, you know, when it's the importance of actually just being in a position where you can only, you know, control the things you can control, but don't, you know, don't be overwhelmed with things that you have no control over. And for example, like, you know, maybe the, in the new house, the tiles are not that great. Well, listen, there's no control over that. Like it's done. Like yeah. the, the deal is done. There's no point in wasting any more time and energy um, to worry about, um, you know, I don't like those tiles. Well, you know what? It's done. Like the deal is done. We have to move forward. We have to live with it and we have to adapt to it. There's no point trying to second guessing yourself what do you, whether you like it or not because you already bought it um, and you've already moved forward with it. So rather than just being grumpy or victim, playing victimhood like, oh, this shouldn't have happened, you made a decision. You got to live with that decision and yes. there's no point in looking back at yes. it. Yes, there's and consequences so, to every decision, yeah? Yeah, like it's so much better just to focus on things you can change. Well, you know, we can't change tiles because it would be way too expensive, but let's, let's focus on, you know, what is good about that aspect? Well, there's all these things that are good about it and what can we change in the future? You know, let's focus on, okay, we can change the taps. All right, that's fine. We just have to worry, work, you know, hire a plumber and change the taps, for example. Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter, but it's, it's all I'm saying is whatever thing you want to move forward is focusing on the things you can change and don't, don't put any more energy and time on things that has no more relevance to you because you can't change it it's like the weather you know what it's raining today well yeah. you can't change that you know bring an umbrella like that's <laughs> you know it's so key to, to to not put any more time and energy on things that you have no um major influence on you know that's that's uh, i think those are some highlights from, from what i got loving your wisdom lt can't wait to do it again with you next time all right, guys, I hope you got a lot out of it. And uh, make sure you go check out our Facebook page. Love to see uh, some of your comments below this particular episode and what you think about that. What your thoughts about, you know, have you ever gone through uh, a life-changing experience? Have you ever gone through uh, a, a path that, you know, was you had to kind of, you know, put all your eggs in one basket and uh, and just trust that it was going to work out? And how did it work out for you? You know, love to hear that. Uh, and uh, while you're there on Facebook, just, you know, like us there, please. Tell people about the wellness couch and this particular podcast if you're getting a lot of value don't keep it a secret tell your friends um, make sure you subscribe to us on itunes love for you to uh, leave a comment uh, and feedback on the itunes and uh, and that will help us kind of you know cr- you know make sure our new, new uh, ongoing episodes are going to 
be, you know, I guess moving towards a, uh, a more what you want to hear. And uh, Marcus, there's also, you know, we should uh, probably mention that we're actually doing a four-part uh, uh, wellness um, breakthrough what? webinar. Uh, we've already done one. And by the time you listen to this one, probably there's been two. There's probably two more coming, which is... Uh, uh, with you and I. Yeah, hey. you and I. So therefore, don't miss out. Uh, make sure you go to uh, thewellnesscouch.com to find out where and how to sign up for each of our webinars. I think it's going to be sensational. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, we had Brett kick us off and uh, Damien Christoph and then uh, myself and then you to round us up, LT. Yeah, so uh, make sure you go and uh, sign up for that. I would love to share our wisdom. And this will be, you know, the one of those times where we actually get to interact. Um, you know, in podcasting, yes. we can't interact with you. So <laughs> please come on board and uh, let's interact and, and have some fun with it. So this has been Inside the Champions Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam, and that's that's Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.